What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Social Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Hobson Fairman, and I'm a little tired. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. We uh, just finished up a full day shoot for one of our clients. It was so fun. We have such a great team we work with. Like, I feel so blessed to work with such rad people on such fun projects, but um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't freaking exhausted. We also had a shoot last night too. It's been a lot, but, um, while I'm tired, I'm also stoked on life because I love everything we're doing. So, um, before we jump into this episode, I actually wanted to talk about something that I've been like, I've been battling for the past, I don't know, the past few years. Um, so, what I've been thinking about is my personal brand. So something that everyone talks about as entrepreneurs, or even if you're just trying to do anything right, like with the rise of social media, people want a social or a, sorry, a personal brand. And I love following entrepreneurs that have built personal brands. I love it. And that is such a big goal of mine. Like that's not something I want to abandon. And I had built a personal brand over, you know, a course of a few years, I would say like mid, you know, teens, uh, by teens, I mean like 2014 to 2018, I'd say. Um, and I built it up and I loved it. I loved having like a community on social media that I got to talk to every day and creating fun content and just expressing myself, um, through a platform all the time. I like genuinely loved it. It never felt like work. And as I jumped into this whole entrepreneurship journey, I hate the word journey, but I use it still. <laughs> it just comes out. But um, once I jumped into entrepreneurship, I just, I poured my whole soul into what I've been doing. And um, I feel like very little has been left to pour into my personal brand. And for so long, I just kept beating myself up. I'm like, okay, I know I need to post. Like I literally tell people like, figure it out. You got to post, right? Like, and I hate to be someone that doesn't practice what I preach, but I post on so many other accounts like every single day. So I need to be less hard on myself. And that's the message that I want to talk about today is that like, I finally had the realization that the personal brand will come when it's time. So right now I'm in building phase and it's okay that my personal brand isn't where I want it to be yet. And I also have this podcast too. This podcast serves as such a such an outlet for me. And I feel like I actually get to express who I am through this podcast because I can sit here and just talk to myself, which is to you guys forever. You guys can hear what I'm really thinking about. And, um, yeah. And so I, I just like want to say that I'm so grateful for this podcast because right now this is really serving as like my platform to connect with you guys and to, you know, say what I need to say. And hopefully it helps you guys listening or anyone around me. Um, that's really the ultimate goal. And so, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're building a business or you're working out on this huge goal, but then you have this other thing, this other big goal that you have, and you're like, oh, I'm kind of neglecting that. And you're beating yourself up over it. Like, 
what I finally have realized is that it's not worth beating yourself up over. It's more of like, okay, everything's going to happen with time. There's a reason why we have these desires and the timing is a thing, right? So you can't do everything all at once. Like, I mean, some people can, I guess I, I shouldn't say you never can do that, but don't be hard on yourself if that's not immediately working out for you. Um, we are people, we're mere mortals and we can only do so much. And so, you know, I think for me, like I've been, I work so much. Like I, I don't think I can even articulate how much I've been working in the past few months. And I, I, if you've listened to the podcast, like you know, back in the summer and everything. I'm like, yeah, like I work all these long hours, but I'm not super productive, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> these hours I'm grinding and they're long days and I'm doing everything that I possibly can. And when I finally just accepted that, I'm like, I am literally doing as much as I can. It was finally like that permission that I gave myself to just be like, okay, the personal brand is going to come. But right now we have to work on building the business because also another thing too, if you're a business owner, like I am, it's one thing to put out a front and like talk the talk, but it's another to walk the walk. And that's what I'm really focusing on right now is like actually walking the walk and practicing what I preach. And what that's requiring of me is to give my business everything I have. And I know with time, I can start working on the personal brand and that's going to be a whole other fun project that I can pour my whole heart and soul into. So yeah, um, I just, I felt like I needed to share that because that was a big learning for me the past couple days. It's just like, and even like being, so we've been doing all these shoots and I'm working with all these people and I keep like thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, I used to be cute. <laughs> like I promise I used to be cute and I used to get dressed and I, I used to do my hair and I used to shower more and wear makeup. And now I'm like trying to just stay afloat. And I know that like you need to take time to care for yourself. And that's actually something I really want to work on more is like, you know, treating myself to like, okay, like let's get some work clothes that you feel confident in and you can, you know, like feel like yourself and feel stylish again. And, um, it's just like, I'm in just such a weird phase right now. And I'm just finally like giving into it and being like, okay, like it's okay. You're doing the best that you can and the rest is going to fall into place. So I guess my, to sum this up, I kind of ranted, <laughs> rambled, but to sum this up is like stopping so hard on yourself, do what you can. And it's all going to work out. Like time will tell. Um, which I feel like is also kind of mixed messaging from what I say. I'm like, create your own opportunities. You have to take the first step, which I totally believe in. But again, we are only one person, right? Like you can only do so much and just do the best that you can. And it's like, but it's like compound interest too. So the theory that I have with, you know, this phase of my life is like, I'm in those that building time. I'm in the building time. I'm going to grind. I'm going to grind. It's going to feel like so much work with like very little recognition. And that's freaking okay. Because at the end of this, I'm going to be so grateful that I grinded. Like I even think back on like this time last year, and I'm so grateful to that version of me for still pushing through. Cause now I'm starting to reap those benefits and you know, me next year will reap these benefits. And so just embrace the phase that you're in. And if you have these big goals, they will come. 
they will come and if you're like if you're freaking determined to go get what you want it will come so just be a little bit easier on yourself you know don't be so hard on yourself that you need to get everything done you have to be well-rounded in every aspect because it's not even freaking possible so anywho I feel like this is a good precursor too to my conversation um, with my amazing guest I'm so excited I have Steph Kirk on today if you guys don't know who Steph is you're freaking missing out. Um, I feel honored to be able to introduce Steph to you guys because I have idolized her for so long. Like Steph is a true artist. Like she is a photographer based in Salt Lake and the work that she does is unlike anything I've seen. Like it is editorial deserves to be hung on the finest of walls ever. I don't know if that's even a thing, but I just wow she is so talented and what i love most about her is that she's so cool real she's funny she's sarcastic i just she's such a rad person and i love this conversation because we really dig into mental health and running a business what that's like because honestly business if anything is a mental game it's truly you know you're facing your biggest insecurities at all times. And so when you're doing that, plus dealing with, you know, mental health issues, it can be that much harder. And she's someone that has been very vocal about her mental health struggles and something that's really inspiring to me. Um, It's not something that I talk about a lot, but I've been trying to like vocalize like, yeah, I had really bad anxiety. Um, I feel like I've been able to remedy it now. And when I speak out about it, I try to talk about, you know, the remedies that I have. And but it's also nice to hear a voice like hers being like, this is what it's like in the thick of it, because sometimes you can feel so crazy and feel so alone. You're like, I know I'm not like I know these thoughts are not normal and the thing is is a lot of people go through it and so that's what I love about her is that she's so open about it while still being like an optimistic cool funny real person um so that was a lot of rambling but without further ado Steph Kirk all right guys we're back, and I am joined with one of my idols, <laughs> one of the most talented artists I know, Steph Kirk. Welcome. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I told you I wasn't going to do an intro, but that was just like a little teaser oh, of I'm what shy. I'm about to record. I'm feeling so shy. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. I'm obsessed with you. I remember meeting you for the first time. We were kind of talking about this when mm-hmm. you got here, but like full blown I was fangirling like Dude, truly. I was fangirling I truly was fangirling over you too me yes 100% oh my gosh 100% no way I think we were both a little nervous I think we were both shy girls yeah but it was like a match made in heaven it truly was mm-hmm. we were meant to be mm-hmm. I am surprised that you fangirled over me because I am just obsessed with you and if you guys don't follow Steph go find her on Instagram you need to see her art like it is, it is truly a work of art, your oh photography. Like I've never seen anything like it. And I want to dive into your whole career and all of this good stuff. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, where are you from and how did you get started in photography? Yeah. So 
I am just your typical Utah Valley. Grew up, I was born in Provo, moved to Orem, went to Orem High, um, grew up Mormon, just kind of that little kind of bubble. Yes, <laughs> totally. Like Happy Valley, like everyone nicknamed it Happy Valley, whatever. Um, and yeah, so grew up, went to Orem. I am totally self-taught. I took a couple photography classes when I was in like junior high and high school, but for the most part, I just had super inclusive older sisters growing up. Love that. And so they did photography and I kind of, I don't know, they did what everyone does now, like where we would go into like a field and like take pictures of each other oh, yeah. and like we would come up with like a concept and like. But that was way before, like, right? Oh yeah, that this was, was like MySpace, like when MySpace was a thing, like incredible. I didn't have MySpace because I was like seven years old yeah, five. <laughs> like, I was a fetus so yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so they would take it for like their myspace and like facebook pages and whatever and then they would just like have me come like they would do like makeup on me and just like have fun like so I would I kind of just copied what they were doing and um yeah and then my dad gave me his old film camera it was like a oh. canon ae1 and that thing oh, that thing was my jam I loved it so much and I would just like go around my neighborhood as a kid just like taking pictures of random am I allowed to swear oh yeah I can okay yeah Yeah. so I was like taking pictures (laughs) of random shit and uh, I just I loved it so much like going to like Smith's I think it was Smith's who did like photo whatever they developed it it for like five bucks or whatever at the time and just like the magic of like not being able to see what I was taking a picture of and then having it developed and like be surprised every time like it was Mm -hmm. like so fun it was like a game to me uh, but yeah, so like I, I just loved photography and I just copied what my sisters were doing for a long time. And then I took a film class when I was in junior high. And that's when we learned to develop our own film. And so I like got into the dark room and like, I don't know, have you ever been in a dark room? No, like, I wish. I always wanted oh. to like secretly be a photographer. But one time my friend was showing me like the, like a, how to work a digital or mm-hmm. like a dslr yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i literally it was way over my head yeah no digital is super complicated like when you're first getting into it it's like really it's spooky it's like very daunting but film it's just like i don't know it's very slow paced and like it's very meditative to me um but yeah so i like when i got into the dark room it felt like I was like on another planet just because the whole room is just like glowing red. Like you yeah. just, it's like such an ambiance. Like it's such an aesthetic. Like it such just makes you feel like so magical and cool. And then just like developing your own film and like literally going through the process of like seeing your image, like start to slowly fade through and like seeing everything come to light. And I don't know, it was just super magical. So that was kind of like the pivotal moment of me of really realizing like I loved photography yeah Um, and that was junior high or high school yeah that was junior high and then high school rolls around and I took I actually (laughs) I did photography backwards when I was in high school so my sophomore year of high school I took advanced photography oh and then my junior year I took photo two and then my senior year I took photo one (laughs) well I kind of love that you just jumped all in and then worked your way back it's great (laughs) because I felt like I kind of already knew everything and so I just like jumped in but then I was like I love being in the dark room. Like I love being in this atmosphere and um, I just also wanted credits. Yeah, <laughs> like, smart. I love I it. Just, I loved art credits and whatever. So yeah, that was like the formal education I got was like junior high and high school. But honestly, 
like those classes were trash. Like they yeah, didn't, <laughs> you're you're self taught. Yeah, sure. they didn't really teach anything that was like new to me besides like how to actually develop film, I guess. Um, but yeah, then after like my senior year of high school, I kind of got sucked into taking my friends' senior pictures. Like okay, <laughs> I, like, I would just shoot for fun. I think my senior year was when I really like started to develop my my actual style. And but yeah, people started asking me to take like their family or not family their uh senior pictures okay and that was like what 2015 this was 2013 to 2014 okay so instagram is a thing now mm-hmm. oh yeah so everyone's instagram wanting was a game to up their too. yeah their photo game mm-hmm. and so it's taking people's senior pictures and then after i graduated high school i was purely tricked into shooting my first wedding oh tricked <laughs> it's like wait how were you tricked so <laughs> It was so the bad. one and only wedding. No, oh my god! Like it was it. Oh uh, yeah. So like awful as in like the experience or like you hated the photos or like all of it. Oh, or? all of it. The whole okay. everything. So I, one of my sister's really good friends, Berkeley. If you're listening to this, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you for pushing me into out of my comfort zone. Cutie, I guess, but yeah, Berkeley. Uh, Berkeley, damn you. But. Um, yeah, so she did photography and she reached out to me. She's like, my sister-in-law's getting married. I would love for you to take, um, some of the pictures that I won't be able to be in. Cause she was going to be the photographer for it, but she was also a bridesmaid. Oh, so she's like, I just need a second shooter to step in and take the pictures that I'm going to be in. So I was like, okay, awesome. That sounds great. And she was like, it'll pay you 400 bucks. And I was like, uh yeah yeah it was like just graduated high school I'm like 400 bucks to take a couple of pictures like I'm so down and it was gonna be like a really good like learning opportunity too of like okay I'll get to see how she shoots and like kind of understand like the wedding industry because like I didn't know at this point if I wanted to do photography as like my career Mm -hmm. and so I was like it will just be good to kind of like dip my toes in kind of second shoot whatever and then literally she comes in she was from St. George at the time and so she comes in and she's like the night before the wedding she's like so are you excited to shoot the wedding and I was like yeah I'm super stoked yeah with you yeah with you (laughs) and then she's like okay so this is how it works you're like you're gonna have to direct everyone around you're gonna have to speak really loud (gasps) like all of these things basically prepping me and telling me that I am going to be the sole photographer for the wedding oh my gosh so underprepared I was shooting on like Canon T3i just like it was like an entry level like higher end like someone who's just doing photography as like a hobby type yeah. camera I had like a 40 millimeter lens that was I don't know just all of the, I was so underprepared gear wise mentally like all of these things I was not ready for oh my gosh and she totally tricked me into it I think it was kind of like a big sister thing like yeah she was kind of like a sister figure to me growing up but I think it was her kind of being like you're fucking good at this like you yes. got this but I'm gonna like kind of push you and like let you fly type of yeah. thing so I'm like grateful but also like fuck you Berkeley <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was not ready oh my gosh well I feel oh. like we need those like opportunities sometimes like mm-hmm. when we're not gonna take the chance ourselves especially when you're that young like you don't re- like we always feel underqualified but everyone around you is like mm-hmm. no you're amazing please do this yeah. and sometimes you have to just get kicked in the ass yeah 100 percent that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Thank <laughs> All you. at the same time. <laughs> Honestly, we grew through the situation. It was, Look at it where was you're positive. at now. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. So rad. Yeah. Well, so you have such a unique style. It is 
beautiful and effortless and minimal. And mm. you were showing me some images before we started. And I was, I, I'm always blown away at how you can take something so simple and mm. just make it into art. Mm. And so I would love to hear like, how were you able to develop your style mm. and kind of curate it? And I would love even to hear if you have any advice to someone that's trying to find their style. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I feel like I got super lucky when it comes to that because I've, I feel like also, okay. Do you, do you listen to the aces? Do you yeah. Know? Yeah. So Kenna Petty and I, we grew up together. We went to junior high and I was talking to, oh no, I wasn't even talking to her. I think I just posted something on my Instagram and she responded and she was like, uh, ma'am, I think you have synesthesia. <laughs> Wait, what? So <laughs> synesthesia is like, I don't, I don't want to call it like a condition. I guess it's a condition. Okay. I feel like I have a very, very mild form of synesthesia, but it's basically like where you mix your senses up. So like some people, if they see something, they can taste something. Like if I'm Whoa. looking at you, I'm like, mm, you taste like cotton candy. Like a taste will literally I hope come it's that into, good. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I feel like for me, I feel like I have a very mild form of synesthesia when it comes to listening to music. So when I listen to music, literal like music videos will play out into my head. Like I get visuals. Wow. So like I can close my eyes and literally see colors and forms and shapes. And but I don't think I truly don't think that I actually have synesthesia. I feel like I just have like a little baby form or something similar to it. I don't know. So I feel like I feel it just came very natural to me of like, I music was just huge for me of like finding my style and kind of coming up with concepts, listening to lyrics and kind of taking things, bits and pieces of like what they were saying in the song or like how the melodies and like the rhythms made me feel. And I would kind of just portray that in my photography. Yeah. Um, so that was like my main thing of like finding my voice was kind of realizing like so much of my inspiration comes from listening to music. Wow. Yeah. I love that. It's, I love that you're merging two different types of art styles. Like you're mm -hmm. inspired by someone else's art to create your own. Mm -hmm. That's so rad. I was talking to actually um, two girls. They design um, head wraps and they actually said oh, the same cool. thing. They're like, because they, they'll literally design the whole, like all the textiles as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, they pull their inspiration from music and from mm -hmm. lyrics, which yeah. I thought is like so interesting. Yeah. And it's cool to hear that. Like that's something that you resonate with too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyone listening, if you're needing a little inspo, try music. Listen to music. And also, I feel like so much also came from me not looking at other people for inspiration, mm. if that makes sense. Like, I remember I went through this phase of just being so against finding inspiration through other images okay. or through other artists because I was like, I don't want to be influenced by anything that anyone else is doing. Like I was super mm -hmm. stubborn and like annoying about it. Yeah. And I remember I started dating this guy and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like your work is going to get so much better once you start looking at what other people are like making. He's like, what if you're accidentally copying someone and like you don't even realize because you're not looking at other people's work. Like you might not be as good as you think you are or yeah. whatever. So I started looking at other people's work and I think that did elevate it. But that was a big thing is like, I don't want to get my inspiration from what's trendy mm -hmm. and like what's big because I I always want to be like one step ahead of like 
what's happening. Like I, my mom would always joke, like, you're such a fashionista. Like you always know trends before they happen. And like, she's my mom. Like she's my hype woman, like whatever. Like but she's, she's right. She's, <laughs> we love her. We love Jody. And, but yeah, so I, I think a lot of it was, I was getting inspiration from like magazines. Like I was looking at Vogue. I was looking mm. at one of my favorite websites is Behance. It's like Adobe's portfolio website. Oh, cool. And a lot of professional photographers who work for Vogue and do big like commercial projects and are doing like big, like, I don't know, just super artsy, amazing, like gallery worthy work. They post their work on that. And I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be in that industry. I didn't want to be like an Instagram photographer. And so I think finding the right places that's like actually inspiring and is going to make you create different things than what like mainstream, whatever, trendy Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I don't know. Like just finding outside sources that will give you kind of more abstract inspiration, I guess. I love that advice because I think being in like the creative world too, it's so easy to go to, you know, Instagram or Pinterest Mm -hmm. and look for that inspiration. And that's when it turns into that mainstream feel. It's like, Mm -hmm. I feel that way a lot with like music. Like Mm -hmm. that's like the biggest thing I can relate it to is like, if I, no offense to anyone that loves Taylor Swift, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I can't. can't. I cannot. Because no, you hear it all over. Like yeah. old school Taylor Swift, like I can get oh, with. Like, yeah, 100%. I, yes. Like I remember like the, like her first album coming out when I was in junior high and you're like, I feel so understood. Oh, you felt so seen. Like yes. it was, yeah, 100%. But then she she became a pop star Mm -hmm. and it's everywhere you go you go to the grocery store they're playing taylor swift you go like Mm -hmm. anywhere Mm -hmm. and it's playing everywhere and Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes mundane and so i feel like this there's a similar effect with content we're seeing on social media Mm -hmm. is because it's a remix of what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. and so i love that piece of advice that you you gave of find outside sources out of that and Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to find that unique look that you're trying to curate yeah because that's the thing is everyone's going to pinterest everyone's going to instagram and so everyone's striving for this one look and you're not going to stand out you're not going to find your niche if you're just looking in the same place as everyone else is looking absolutely i love love that well and kind of going off of social media you mentioned that you did not you don't want to be a social media photographer Mm -hmm. and we were kind of talking a little bit about an experience where you got thrown into that Mm -hmm. Uh, like unexpectedly yeah (laughs) um I would love to kind of hear or have you tell the listeners about that experience and how you were able to like stand up for yourself and like have the courage to leave Mm -hmm. oh man yeah that was a super pivotal moment in my career um yeah when I was I think it was junior high when Instagram manifested itself in all of our lives oh yeah that's funny I was just graduated out of high school yeah (laughs) so prime time for all of us to just be thrown into social media cesspool um but yeah I was really good friends with Zoe Lazarson was we still are she's like a sister to me literally (laughs) um but yeah so we were like best best friends spent all of our time together and she started just blowing up on Instagram yeah and so we would like go out into the field like take all those pictures kind of like what I was saying like me and my sisters did before but we like it was so cringy all of the content that we made like all of oh. the things we thought we were so cool well, and, like, okay looking back we're like cringe but like oh, at the time at the time monumental incredible. beautiful 100%. we love it 100 percent 
And yeah, so I just like Instagram, like we really bonded through Instagram and then we started becoming like, we had like a group of friends that were like starting to become like influencers and like Mm -hmm. things like people were starting to make money off of Instagram, like as the years went on and we're like, holy shit, like this is crazy. And I just remember seeing my friends and like having them cry to me about like the pressure of Instagram and like all of the like shitty things that they were going through, like all the mean comments that people were doing or the pressure of like having to show up in certain ways or feeling like they couldn't create for themselves because they were scared that their following wasn't going to like what they were going to post. And I just remember being so against that of like, why would you ever do that? Like, why do you care what people, why do you care? Like, this is you, like, this is your creative outlet. This is what you're creating. And like, I just never wanted to create for other people. And I'm not saying my friends wanted that either. Like they didn't, they weren't doing what they wanted to do because they wanted the praise. Like they truly loved it. But I think once you start mixing money into it, it gets really hard because brands and companies want a certain look. And so you're kind of having to like, whatever. And I deal with that now because I'm like, I do commercial photography. So like I have a little bit of that now, but um, yeah, I just, I started seeing how toxic Instagram was for my friends and me included. And I just started looking, like I said, like at Vogue and all of these things. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like I want to be doing like big ads that are going to be hung on billboards and like working with celebrities one day. Like I want, I was like dreaming big. Like I wanted to do like all these crazy things. And so I ended up getting an internship at a local photography studio who they also had a media production side. So they rented out the space, but then they also had a media production where they did like social media management. They did video photo, like all of these like big projects for awesome clients and So I went there interning for photo because I knew I didn't want to go to college. Like that just like wasn't my jam. Smart girl. And uh, yeah. (laughs) I wish I I skipped that. (laughs) Yeah. Like neither of my parents went to college. I never grew up with them being like, you need to get good grades so that you can get into college, whatever. And like, oh, dude, I sobbed like my graduation. Like I just remember everyone having plans and I had no plans. And Mm. I was like scared out of my mind. I was like, I'm going to be a no one. Like I have no plans, especially back then. I feel like now it's, it's way more known to like have people not go to college. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when I hear kids going straight to college out of high school, I'm now I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Whereas when we were, you know, graduating, that Mm -hmm. was just not even heard of. Like every, you go to college, otherwise Mm -hmm. you're not, yeah, you're going nowhere. That was what we were taught. So Mm -hmm. That's, that's a scary feeling. Yeah. So I just remember sitting there just crying. I'm like, I'm literally, I just effed up my life. <laughs> like I just wasted some of the most important years of my life. Cause I was like, I was really smart. Like I, I skipped a grade when I was, I, oh, was, wow. I skipped kindergarten. It wasn't okay. that cool. No, it wasn't that cool. Well, I think it's cool. I, d- I did hooked on phonics. So thank you. Hooked on phonics. <laughs> See, but- I probably should have been held back a year. So I'm oh impressed. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I was really like. I was like a gifted student, I guess, growing up. But then like I got diagnosed with like my anxiety disorder and all these things. And then I got like super bad PTSD and all of these like situations that manifested through trauma that I went through, like my junior, senior year of high school. And anyway, so my junior, senior year was very different story from my elementary, junior high, early high school years or whatever. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to get into college. I don't know what I'm going to do. So it was kind of like a just miracle. And it's not like a miracle, but it was, it just, 
things really fell into place for me and like being able to get into the industry that I was interested in and felt like I had a career uh, by doing this internship that I like started at the studio and whatever. And yeah, so I, I went to the studio to kind of escape Instagram world and learn how to get into commercial photography, do all the big projects, blah, 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 blah. And in my interview, they brought up my social media. They're like, oh, I heard you have a really cool Instagram page. And I kind of like cringed a little bit, but I was like, oh, thanks. Like I just, I was new in the back of my head. They're going to be like, can you help us with our social media? Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Oh, bastards. <laughs> bastards. And honestly, I was like, you know what? Like creating a feed isn't that hard. I can do it, whatever. Like that's what I was good at. I was like making my feed look good, blah, blah, blah. But I was not trained in any way of like knowing the success success rates and analytics, like what does well, like all of those things. And I kind of got thrown into that because I wanted to get my foot into the door of that industry. And so as I worked there, I think I worked there for like a year or so. And I remember my boss just like pulling me aside because I was strictly only doing social media management at one point because mm. I, it started out with me just doing social media management for them yeah but then they're like oh we have these other clients who want you to do their social media like we're gonna hire you on so they ended up hiring me on after only three weeks of interning there which was like great yeah um and everyone wanted to work there like it was such a cool space and like it was like the it place like is it still around yeah i i don't know if it's like operating the same way that it was before um but yeah, they're still around. It's still rentable. They're still okay. doing social media or not social media. They're just doing media, okay. whatever. I was, I, yeah. I haven't heard from them. We're leaving this anonymous <laughs> in a while. So I was curious. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was like a dark time in my life, but also a lot of great happened out of it. So, but yeah, I just, I was really struggling because I was trying to escape photography. Oh my God. I was trying to escape um, social media, but then I got thrown into it and I was more encapsulated in it than ever before. And Mm. social, I don't know how you do it, Sam. Like it, so much of your time goes into social media of like, I just remember being at like a jazz game with like a guy that I was seeing and like having to like put everything on pause and be like, I know this is really great and something really awesome just happened during the game, but like just me texting in the corner, like talking about like a post that I was supposed to be doing or having to post like at a certain time because that was before the algorithm was a thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the times that you posted was like super important. And so I just remember having to put my life on pause on like so many amazing moments because I had to like post. And anyway, so I have a lot of like amazing praise for people who can do social media but I think yeah anyway so it's the worst but the best I feel like it takes like a you have to be crazy and I think I'm a little (laughs) bit crazy (laughs) like I have a screw loose and that's why I can do this (laughs) no like I mean you definitely have to have like the personality for it and I just I didn't I the pressure of it all was just crumbling me like it was too hard and like also putting like monetary value on like something that I was not (laughs) really qualified to be doing was a lot like it was it was too much for me to handle and my boss noticed and he called me in and he was like I noticed that you're like not your head's not really in the game he didn't really say that but like like, your head's not yeah yeah. like along the lines of like you're kind of doing a shitty job like what's going on and I was like I just broke down crying and I was like I am not happy like this is not what I want to be doing I came here to escape this and he's like, well, what do you want to be doing? And I was like, 
photography. Like I came here to do photography and he <laughs> straight up was quiet for a little bit. And then he goes, okay, well, where do you see yourself in this business? Like in our brand, our business or whatever, like what role do you want to be playing in our team? Then? Yeah. It's like, I want to be creating content alongside you guys. I want to be doing video. I want to be doing photography and all this stuff. And another long pause. He's like, well, I just don't think that you're good enough. <gasps> no. <laughs> and I was just so hurt because so much of the content, because yeah, I was doing social media management, but I was also creating like behind the scenes content for them and like side content for like the social media posts that I was creating for our clients that we had. And I just remember being so hurt because I was like so proud of like what I was doing and they were using a lot of the content that I was creating and like, anyway, so I just remember like, all right, how I react to this is going to be really important. Yeah. Like this is either going to make or break this whole situation because like when I worked there, I was able to shoot at the studio for free whenever I wanted to. And they're not a cheap studio to shoot at. Yeah, (laughs) they're top of the line. Yeah, and we were also Canon representatives. And so Canon would send us equipment for free, like before they would even launch it. Wow. And so I felt like I was like working this career when I was only 19 years old. I was only 19. I was a tiny little baby. Like, and so I was like, I don't want to lose this. So I don't know like how to respond. So I kind of just like took my time. And I'm crying. I'm like trying so hard not to cry because oh, I don't. I didn't want to be that girl. No, you can cry. No, like during the meeting. Oh, I'm like, like you can cry right now. Oh, I'll probably <laughs> cry at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I just started crying, and I was like, hey, well then, teach me what I'm not good at. Like, yeah. what am I lacking at? Then tell me what I'm not like good at, and I'll make it work. Like, I care about this job. I want to do this so bad. And he's like, all right. And I was like, what if I take a step back? What if I just intern? I, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to have me as an employee anymore. Like just have me as an intern. And, uh, we agreed to do that. And then I just don't think that they had enough time and energy to like be teaching me, um, the things that I needed to learn. And honestly, I felt like it wouldn't have taken that much effort on my part to learn it. I just, it was just miscommunications and things just weren't aligning and things like that. And so I ended up not working for them anymore. Like I just, I remember I signed like a month contract or something to be like an intern. And then once that contract was up, I was like, all right, I'm out. Like I'm not down to just like do busy work. That's not really teaching me anything. Um, so, but yeah, that was like a really pivotal moment in my career of feeling so empowered by standing up for myself and taking a step back instead of like just wasting my energy and hoping that things worked out, I guess. And yeah, I, it was really hard for me though, because I felt like I was working a career at 19. Yeah. I was just going to say you were 19 and making like that type of decision Mm -hmm. is so impressive. It was really hard. And I just remember feeling like I really royally fucked up. (laughs) Like no, at one point I felt empowered, but at the same time, like, like what did I, I felt a huge loss because I was living at home. I was trying super hard to move up to Salt Lake because I was living in Orem at the time and commuting every day. Like I loved coming up to Salt Lake. It's like a 45 minute drive every day. It was a lot. So there and back, like it was like an hour and a half in my car every day just to like do what I loved. And like, I loved it. So like, it wasn't too bad, but I like really wanted to work in Salt Lake and 
we were doing these amazing projects. Like I remember we shot Sundance Film Festival and we were meeting like celebrities and like taking pictures of amazing directors and being able to make connections with people and like the Canon, like Canon USA, whatever. And I was like, oh man, I fucked up. <laughs> like I just took a step back from something that could have really shot me to success or whatever. And then like I was living at home and I had to get another job at like a clothing store. And it was just a huge hit to my ego mm. of like, oh, I was making these huge strides and now I'm just working at like a clothing store. So that was like really big hiccup for me. But I think working at that clothing store actually was like one of the greatest things that happened to like my mental health because Good. I didn't realize how much that job was affecting me mentally. Yeah. And so it turned out way good like in the long run but it was a really hard decision to make well and it's it's so interesting hearing that how you felt like such loss after leaving that position because mm -hmm. now here you are you know x amount of years later mm -hmm. and you're crushing it right <laughs> like it was almost like a catapult right mm -hmm. it were like a slingshot where you get pulled mm -hmm. way back and then all of a sudden it like it lets go 100%. and you just fly mm -hmm. right that sounds really cheesy but yeah, no it's <laughs> seriously it's true like i felt like i took like five steps forward and then 10 steps back yeah. And I was like, shit, like, what am I doing? Like, I, I just really regretted it. But then I like took some time to really figure out, okay, is photography what I really want to be doing is like, I had thinking time yeah, where I wasn't pressured in the industry to like be doing certain things and whatever. And so I think that was really monumental and well, really, and you really also good. learned too, like what you didn't want out of your career. Mm -hmm. Right. And you learned, you didn't like social media. You yeah. got to learn that from a young age mm -hmm. and like you, you learn that you didn't like that work environment. Mm -hmm. You learned so many things that now you as a business owner and a photographer, like, you know, after experiencing that, mm -hmm. what you don't want and you'll avoid that. Right. And so like, it's such a valuable lesson, even though it's so painful. Yeah. But I, it's just, it's cool to see, like, hear that and then see where you're at now yeah. because you've come so far. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have never guessed that that was you know, your path. So, yeah. <laughs> um, something that I really want to talk to you about that, like I've always admired you for, I admire you for so many different reasons, <laughs> but something that you have been really open about, um, is your mental health struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously that's a lot of people deal with this yeah. and it, it's still, even though there's so much awareness around it, sometimes it still feels taboo. Yeah. And as like business owners, it can be such a hiccup, like mm -hmm. such a challenge. I think entrepreneurship is in itself like a mental game. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I, I would love to hear, like, I would love to hear, you know, more about your story or have you share your story with the listeners mm -hmm. and kind of talk about how you've been able to navigate your mental health through being a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with a panic disorder when I was in fifth grade. So I was super young and literally going through something that's like that heavy, so young is traumatic in itself. So like, yeah, I'm dealing with mental illness, but I'm also now having to deal with the trauma of dealing with that experience so young. Yeah. And so I don't know if people know what a panic disorder or whatever, but it's like a very severe form of anxiety where like you literally have these episodes of just feeling like you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. It will be triggered by absolutely nothing or just like the tiniest things. And you will just be hyperventilating. You'll start feeling like you just need to either run, like your fight or flight is just through the roof. Like panic attacks, I would never wish upon anyone ever. And for me, sadly, 
this, I feel like we're gonna need like a trigger warning for this episode. Oh, I'll do like it in the we're intro. gonna need yeah. a lot of trigger okay, warnings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for me, my panic attacks, the way that they manifested was like the hyperventilating, feeling faint. My palms would tingle, like I would get sweaty, I'd get hot, I would feel like I was literally about to die. And they wouldn't stop if I unless I like passed out or I threw up. Oh my gosh. Like it always ended in me just like doubled over the toilet, just vomiting my brains out. And oh my gosh. So I'm like dealing with this in fifth grade. At first I had no idea what it was. I thought I just had the stomach flu for like a month. Whoa. <laughs> like, and I ended up missing a month of school because I was too scared to leave my house because I was like throwing up so much. I was like having these episodes. I didn't know what was going on with me. And then my mom took me to the doctor and we ended up realizing that it was a panic disorder. And they put me on Prozac when I was in fifth grade because they're like, oh, well, it helps with anxiety. But also like if she has an anxiety disorder, she's probably depressed too. And at that time, like I wasn't really depressed. Like I, I don't think... I was sad and I was like distraught over what was happening to me, but it wasn't like the clinical depression that I deal with now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really, really hard because being that young kids are so mean. Like, Oh yeah. I I just disappeared for a month and then I come back to school looking completely different Mm -hmm. because I'd lost so much weight from vomiting so much from my panic attacks. And Kids started like making up rumors about me saying that I had like an eating disorder and like making fun of me and like all of these things. Like I, I sincerely was probably starving to death. Like, I, I don't know how I survived, like with how skinny I was. And so many people just bullied me relentlessly. And I kind of just let them think that about me because telling them the truth of, I feel broken. I feel damaged. I feel crazy. Yeah. was scarier than letting them think that I had an eating disorder. But at the same time, I'm like, what if I did have an eating disorder? Yeah. How, <laughs> like, how dare you? I'm like, I just, I felt so shitty because I'm like feeling all this empathy for people who have eating disorders in a sense of like, I cannot believe that people would treat me like this over like knowing that I'm going through something like this. Like, yeah. I mean, they didn't know what I was really going through, but I'm like, if I really was going through this, why would you be treating me like this? Yeah. And so I just like, I just started hating people. <laughs> <laughs> that would make you better. Not, sure. not hating people, but I just, I put up a really big guard. Yeah, naturally. And I just remember in junior high, cause it really was really bad when it was like sixth grade going into seventh grade. So I was like changing schools. I was going mm-hmm. from elementary school into junior high. Junior high is so relentless. <laughs> oh, worst three years of my entire life. It was so awful. And I just remember like wearing like two pairs of pants because I didn't want people to see how skinny I was or like literally wearing like two bras to like make yeah. me seem like more filled out because I was so scared of people like making fun of me and like people would like play games of like grabbing onto my arm to see how long like oh my god like I was like a game to people like it was it was really bad so anyways in a nutshell I was dealing with this panic attack disorder and I felt like I could not even amount to anything because it was just consuming me and it was really affecting the people around me too. Like my family wanted to go on vacations and wanted to go to like stadium of fire and like all of these things. And they had to kind of cater towards me. And I had a lot of guilt towards that mm. because I'm like, I felt like I was ruining other people's lives by like dealing with my own shit Yeah, because they had like, they couldn't do the fun things that they wanted to do. And 
So I, yeah, I just had a lot of guilt on top of dealing with my mental illness, which was really hard. And I, yeah, I, I stopped taking Prozac actually like a month after they gave it to me because even young me was like, I don't, I don't feel like this is right. Yeah, something's like, yeah off. I want to try and figure out what's behind this. Like, I, I didn't know if it was like a chemical imbalance. I didn't know whatever. Turns out it was very much trauma <laughs> induced. Yeah. Like, and I sadly I didn't go to therapy and like really try out therapy until this year. So really, yeah, wow. <laughs> so it was a lot of like me just trying to figure out my own shit for years and just exposure therapy on my sense of like making myself do things that triggered me to try and like desensitize myself to my triggers Mm -hmm. and it was really hard it was super hard but high school came around and i i thought that i got rid of my anxiety disorder um and yeah i did really good i was super adventurous i was super outgoing like yeah i would just do the craziest shit like i would have never thought that like fifth grade me like fifth grade me would be so proud of like high school me like she would have never imagined that she would be where she's at you know and then I hit my 20s and my anxiety disorder comes back I swear we hit like a second puberty when you get into your 20s no we really do yeah like I was talking to my therapist about it. I think it was one of our first sessions that we had and I was like I'm just struggling so hard because I thought I got rid of this I thought it was just puberty I thought my chemicals were imbalanced or whatever and I thought that I was over it but now I'm dealing with it in my twenties when I'm like in a super healthy relationship. I'm like out of the house. I'm like doing all of these things and making amazing strides. My life is so good. Why is my anxiety coming back? Mm. And I was so angry. I was like, this is so unfair. Yeah. I already dealt with this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. And it it was just so, so hard on me. And that's when I decided to go back to therapy because I'm like, I, I need help because yeah. this isn't just a chemical imbalance. Like it's gotta be trauma related or whatever. And yeah, so therapy is a godsend. <laughs> yeah. We love therapy. We love therapy and we love my therapist, Becca. She's my Becca. one and only angel. I love her so much. Oh yeah. Therapy is a game changer. It's it's almost like dating though. You gotta find a good one. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah. I feel like I hit the jackpot because I didn't really shop around for my therapist. Like she was like, what's the word? She was introduced to me, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Like a referral. She, yeah. She was referred to me by a family friend and I just went with it. I was like, all right. Yeah. Like she seems great. And I just started going to her and amazing for me. It turned out great, but that's awesome. there are a lot of shoddy, like shitty Oh, I've had bad experience. Yeah. I have one that I love, but he's so busy. He's Aww. my friend's, like one of my best friend's dads, mm-hmm. but I love him, but he's so busy. But I've had, so I had a therapist in high school mm-hmm. and I would just fight with her. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I feel like when you're in high school, you're not emotionally yeah, there for totally. therapy. Cause I remember I went to therapy when I was in, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. Okay. I can't remember when, but I just wanted to go to therapy and cry about my problems and have someone tell me that my life was hard. Mm. I wanted them to be like, yeah, your life sucks. Yeah. You're whatever. Your sister's being awful to you. Oh yeah. Your dad is mean, whatever. Like I wanted to just feel validated. I didn't want someone to say you're in therapy because the only thing that you can control in this life is yourself. Mm. And I was like, 
That's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I was not ready. I was not ready for that information. And I stopped going to her because I was like, no, I want you to feel bad for me. I don't want you to tell me to work on myself. And that's what therapy is for is working on yourself. Cause truly the only thing that you can, can control in this life is yourself. Totally. So yeah, I think you need to be in the right emotional stage to go to therapy. And I definitely needed it when I started going last year. Like I went right before pandemic hit. So it was like, oh yeah. Oh, it's perfect timing. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So yeah. And I think like junior high, I started to actually develop depression um, that coincided with my anxiety mm-hmm. but then I got rid of it and then I went through some like really traumatic things like I got sexually assaulted when I was in high school and then I started going through a faith crisis of yeah. finally realizing for myself like oh my whole belief system I don't really resonate with it anymore and so leaving the church going through like traumatic events all at the same time made me super super depressed yeah and so Thankfully, I wasn't dealing with anxiety at the time, but then it was like a little switch of like, oh, you don't have anxiety anymore? Here's depression. Yeah. And so I was very suicidal when I was in like, I think my junior year of high school. I'm so sorry. And I mean, yeah, it sucked. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest reason why I'm so vocal about my mental illness now is because mental illness is such a lonely, lonely place very you feel like you're crazy and you feel like you're so alone and just like you feel like it's never gonna get better and it feels like your mental illness is you and it's hard to kind of differentiate like I am not my anxiety I just have anxiety I am not my depression I just have depression yep and so I think being able to kind of differentiate the two was huge for me on that sense and yeah, I just, I just know what it's like to be in such a dark place. And I never want anyone who's like around me to ever have to feel that way. Or I mean, anyone in general, I wouldn't wish this upon anyone, you know? And so if I can help even just one person by like being vocal about it, like, of course I will talk about it. Like it's something that I care about so much. Well, yeah. And I think people just need to be seen, mm-hmm. you know? And by you being so vocal, you never know what you're going to say that's going to resonate with someone and be mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I did not realize other people felt that way. Like totally. even when we were talking before this, mm-hmm. you, um, I had mentioned something you're like, that happened yeah. to me. And I'm like, <laughs> it happened yeah. to you? I literally <laughs> felt like the only person We felt out- so dumb. And like, yes. yeah, yeah, no. And it's like so crazy. Like I remember the first time that I talked about my mental illness, like I opened up on Instagram on like a story where I just started talking about like, hey, fun fact, like I have a panic disorder and you probably wouldn't think that or whatever. I actually remember when you posted that. Yeah. I was like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches saved my life because it was the only thing that I could eat and like keep down when Mm -hmm. I was like having my many panic attacks each day. Like they literally, I owe my life to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So I kind of just like, like I need to like open up about this and like kind of talk about it. I just felt like I needed to at that time. And I got so many DMs of people being like, I never would have thought mm-hmm. that you had anxiety or that you had depression or all these things. And I even had people reach out and be like, I have been going through the symptoms of a panic attack and I had no idea what it was. Yes. Like I literally accidentally diagnosed people and I was like, I don't, because it's been my whole life, I forget that other people 
struggle with it and it's like a new thing to them but it's like so close to home to me like I don't even I didn't even think about like oh this could help people literally diagnose themselves I guess well totally and there's so many people that I mean like we grew up in a time like especially our parents Mm -hmm. I I was talking to my dad about this actually the other day where therapy was not a thing for them like if you went to therapy or you had like a mental you were like illness you were crazy yeah and I think that trickled into us because we were raised by that generation and um even so my husband he is he's in the military Mm -hmm. he's this macho dude Mm -hmm. like and always the life of the party Mm -hmm. but he for about a month he would have multiple panic attacks a day Mm. and he thought he was going crazy because he never knew that was like he never equated those things to being like panic attacks yeah. yeah like he's like i'm losing my mind yeah and finally he got diagnosed and he was able to, he's found um, a remedy through like fitness and like yeah. eating healthy. Yeah. And that's like why he's so regimented. But like, had he, you know, kept going through the motions mm-hmm. where multiple panic attacks every day, you're going to think you're crazy if you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having someone like you who's being vocal and like, mm-hmm saying hey this is what has happened to me this is you know it sucks like i hope this isn't the norm for everyone else but like those people that were you know quote unquote diagnosed by you like now they have some clarity and they can you know take action and i feel like as a whole we can all like instead of feeling crazy and keeping it to ourselves Mm -hmm. we can by people like you talking about it we can all make this a normal thing so we can treat it and have way less of it yeah you know yeah and i i'm so grateful like i'm a cusper so i'm like could be millennial could be gen z yep and so i grew up like you said like our parents were like very against therapy and whatever and just that generation of yeah if you go you're crazy that's how i felt when i was like in elementary school and that's why i didn't talk to anyone about it but now it's like we have TikTok and Instagram and all of these platforms where it's so easy to share information and share our stories. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like, where was this when I needed yeah. it? Like, I just wish so many more people talked about it. And thankfully, I'm so glad that it's like, I think society as a whole, we're getting much more accepting of like, mental illness is normal. Like, yeah. it truly, I think so many more of us have mental illness and like, don't really realize, like, I mean, we realize, but like, I feel like it's much more common to like have mental illness than to like be totally fine and level. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just like, I'm artistic and I kind of gravitate towards other artistic people and whatever. And we're very deep feelers. Like Mm -hmm. we feel everything very deep and we find meaning and like everything and whatever. And I think it's very common for deep feelers to have mental illness. And so I'm surrounded by so many people who also have mental illness. So it feels normal to me. But like when I speak up about it on my Instagram to kind of a broader audience who doesn't really talk about that or doesn't have friends who like have similar experiences, like it's a totally, it's crazy. Like the responses that I get. Cause I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was like helping so many people with this. Oh yeah. Like even creating just a place to feel understood. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I grew up in a, like a very conservative household Mm -hmm. and my mom had struggled really bad with mental illness, Mm -hmm. but we never knew what it was. Like my mom was just, I always thought my mom was just taking naps all the time. Mm. And I was so confused. And now like as an adult, I'm not like a, I'm a high feeler, but Mm -hmm. I can't express my emotions. And so I'll just be like 
a blank wall. Mm -hmm. It seems like nothing's going on. (laughs) And I still, to this day, like, I wish I could talk more about like my experiences with my mental health, you know, struggles, but like, it's almost like a wall. Like I, I truly, when I start saying it, it feels so uncomfy. So I just stop. And so when I can, when I see people like you who are vocalizing it and being so honest and real, it's like, Mm -hmm. you're, you're giving a voice to so many people that don't like, can't vocalize it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's almost like, for me, it's like, this is so cheesy, but it, it's almost like trying to scream in a dream and you can't. Oh my, yes. That's how I feel about it. Yes. And so like I, even, even our conversation before we started, like I feel so seen because mm-hmm. you're, you've been able to articulate something that I resonate with. And mm-hmm. so I just, I hope you know, like I'm so grateful that you're able to speak up on these things and talk about your experience. Cause like you're not just helping me, you're helping so many people mm-hmm. that you don't even realize. Oh that's like, that's the best thing you could say to me. Like, it's just like, that's why I do it. Like, I just, I hope that I'm helping and I hope that I'm creating a safe space. Like I, I know that people make fun of like, Oh, this is a safe space. But like, Like I truly, I genuinely (laughs) want to create a safe space for people because I didn't have that. Yeah. And so to hear people like you saying that, I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm not just doing it for nothing. I'm not just like making a fool out of myself crying on my Instagram oh, story. No. Like showing my mental breakdown as I'm like trying to run a business or whatever. Like I truly, I, yeah, that it just warms my heart and it just makes me feel so good. So thank you. Yeah, no, I, thank you. It's, it's seriously so helpful. Um, and yeah, I want to talk about too, like dealing with mental health and and running a business at the same time, mm-hmm. like that's almost like two full jobs, oh full-time jobs in itself. Yeah. So I would love to hear like, I mean, you are a successful business owner. Yeah. How, you know, what are those things that help you get through, you know, running your business and taking care of yourself? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that has helped me recently, like as I've been going to therapy, I remember my therapist talking about boundaries with me and like kind of deciding we need to set boundaries with not only my relationship, like my personal relationships, but also my work relationships. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm a young business owner. I'm only 24, but like when I started like working at that studio, I was only 19 and whatever. And like the way that I interacted with people in the industry was so much different than I do now because I had this mentality of like, just being friends, like best friends with everyone. And like, of course I want to be friends and like make everyone feel welcome. Like that I work with, like I truly care about my clients so much. And something that like kind of manifests through like PTSD and like my trauma is like, I have become such a people pleaser. So I will bend over backwards. I'll be emailing people at like one in the morning. I'll be like, going two hours over the shoot like was supposed to be like and not charging them extra just because I'm like a nice person I like want to like do everything I can to like make my clients happy and whatever but it was like burning me out like I needed only do so much yeah and I needed boundaries not of like I was angry at my clients or anything like there wasn't drama or anything it was just like it wasn't sustainable to like my business and so setting boundaries like just little things of like letting people know when I'm available to communicate. So like in my little signature, yeah. yeah. So in my signature on my email, it says, just so you know, I'm available from 
10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday for communication. Also, please be aware, like I do full day shoots. And so it may take like 48 hours for me to get in contact with you. Yeah. Because I think just being vocal, like just communicating with clients and setting those expectations, like clients don't always know, like, eh, it's not really appropriate to be emailing me at 12 a.m. or whatever. Like, you're not going to always get a super quick response from me. And like, honestly, if I'm having a mental breakdown one day, if I'm having a panic attack, super anxious for no reason, I'm going to need a day to kind of just like simmer down and like take care of myself. And so just sending, like just doing little boundary things like that of like, this is when I can communicate. This is what you can expect working with me. Like, this is how I operate. Like, just setting expectations and boundaries is huge. I think I'm so inspired. Like, I think that's so genius. I I feel like I used to be really good at that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like, even, like, people texting me, like, I will text you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just so, you, like, I got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I got your text. I'll respond tomorrow. And yeah. when people do that to me, I'm, like, I honestly am like, you go. Yeah. Like, thank you. And yeah. even, too, just, like, the, the, like, I guess with text, it's, a little bit more, I don't know, real time. Yeah. But I always, if I look at a text and I don't respond, I'll never respond. Oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna like, hey, I'm gonna text you back later. And yeah. like to me, it's, I I think it helps everyone. Mm-hmm. Like it, as the person on the other end, if someone says that to me, it's like, yeah, I want you to respond when you have the time and you have mm-hmm. the compa- capacity to give me a full answer. Mm-hmm. You know. And even with my employees too, it's like I will slack them at all hours of the day but I'm like please don't respond to this till tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) like it just came to my mind I just don't want to forget but please don't respond till later yeah and I I feel like we need more of that you know and we've lived in such an era where it's like you got to grind 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 Mm -hmm. grind to be successful and that's just so not sustainable it's Mm -hmm. so lame like yeah and yes you need to work hard and you need to put in the time but you also like taking care of yourself like a your breaks are just as important as working hard. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take that time for yourself, like you're doing everyone a disservice. Yes. So yeah, I really love that. So just setting those clear boundaries and communicating them, Mm -hmm. even if it's in your, you know, your email signature. signature. I thought that was genius. That's so good. My therapist, Becca, shout out to you. We love you, Becca. She was like, you got to put this in your email signature. And I was like, oh, that is absolutely genius. So yeah, I, we love her. She's everything. Well, this has been incredible. I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah. So first, what has been the best business advice you've ever gotten and why? Um, to be myself. Mm. As cheesy and dumb as that sounds. No, I love it. I feel like it's so cliche of like, just be yourself. But I I actually work with a business coach, Chelsea, and she is incredible. And I remember we were recently, this was like recent business advice. And I was deciding, she was like, you need to do reels. You need to do TikToks. You need to do whatever. Because I'm coming out with like education materials and whatever. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. everyone. (laughs) Let me know. I will... Definitely we'll plug it in. Here. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I was meeting with her and she's like, you need to do reels. You need to do TikToks. And I love TikTok. I love consuming TikTok, uh-huh. but it's hard for me to show up on TikTok. Yeah. Because I feel like it's not my jam. Like it's not, ne- I don't know. Because I, I, I feel like you need to kind of have a niche on mm-hmm. TikTok. Because uh, that's where you blow up. Like all of the business coaches and whatever, they're like, find your niche, find your niche. And like, I even said that. I'm like, find your niche. But like. 
yeah, I, I was just like, I don't know who I want to be because I have, like, I want to talk about my photography and I want to like do like behind the scenes and do all these things. But I feel like it's not like TikTok friendly. Like the way that I'd want to do it isn't really like what's popular on TikTok. Yeah. And I feel like also a lot of people who create work that's like similar and aesthetic to mine they have a very like mysterious like I don't know unapproachable feel I guess if that makes sense like they're just super intimidating and like they don't really share a lot they don't show a ton of personality like I don't know because it's cool to be like aloof yeah and whatever and that's just not me Mm -hmm. like I'm super goofy and like I'm just like I love dad jokes like I love to just show up and like I want to show me crying on my Instagram and be like I'm having a fucking shitty day and I hope that you guys are doing okay if you need to talk to someone I'm here like I care about connecting with people and I want to like entertain and like I want to like be silly and lighthearted. but then I also have like very moody work and so I just was like I don't feel like my personality really mixes with like what I'm portraying or whatever And I'm like, I don't know which niche to pertain to. Like, I don't know what to portray. And she's like, that's your niche. Yep. Is being you. Like, you need to show that people who create work like you are approachable, are funny, are, like, silly and, like, not, like, intimidating or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. And it was just so empowering to, like, hear that of, like, you can be yourself. Like, you don't need to, like hide things or whatever and like be cool and whatever and so I feel like I'm showing up more now like personality wise on my Instagram and I'm just able to connect with people so much more and just getting deeper connections through people who are in my little bubble of people who follow me and I interact with and it's just been so great like that was huge for me because it just helped my mental health and also monetarily like I'm booking more yeah because people feel like I'm a friend like that they can actually like hang out with me and that they trust me and that was huge for me yeah well people want to follow people you Mm -hmm. know and they we're not we don't all fit in these different types of boxes Mm -hmm. and I actually went through a similar you know realization as Mm -hmm. you where I dress a certain way I dress Mm -hmm. like more moody the Mm -hmm. photos I would always post on Instagram were moody and dark but I am funny and I am I, I have all these things and um, but I, I also would fall too far into like, I'm an entrepreneur and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's like, well, I'm not rigid, Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also not dark and sad. Like yeah. I am, I have elements of those things, but I also like have fun and I love a good right. time, you know? And so, and it's fine to be both. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like allowing yourself to like become all the things. And that's when you become more magnetic because totally. we could ju- try to just stay in one box, but mm-hmm. there's so many people in that box. Mm-hmm. Why not create your own box where you have a little bit of both and, or all of all the things, not even both. Yeah. However, like all the things that make you, you and people are going to identify with different parts of it. Yeah. You know, totally. So I, I love that advice. I think that's so solid. And especially with, how many people are in social media Mm -hmm. or trying to start a business it's like the only way you're going to stand out is if you're you yeah and it sounds so cheesy but there's only one you no it's true yeah but yeah there's so many people trying to be the same thing and Mm -hmm. that's where you get lost in the madness you know so yeah i think that's such great advice um okay my very last question if you could only have one sauce for the rest of your life what would it be and why? 
I was literally laying in bed with my boyfriend last night. Like, what sucks? (laughs) What am I going to say? I was just like, I literally, I don't know. I, my gut is telling me soy sauce. Ooh, soy sauce. That's a good one. I love soy sauce. Like teriyaki sauce, soy sauce. Yeah. I will say I kind of got, um, soy sauce is a little triggering to me. Oh no. (laughs) I do love it. Like sushi. (laughs) I love it so much, but one time i think it was like 12 uh-huh. and my older brother he's 10 years older than me yeah he was like i will pay you five dollars if you drink this whole glass of soy sauce um no. <laughs> first i'm like five dollars okay <laughs> no yeah i was so sick yeah no you know? that sodium that much sodium is not good for you it wasn't good i like it oh, was in my so nose sorry it was it's just not okay. Oh, but I but I can't tell people. Yeah, I did. I did not get the five dollars though. Why? I know because he's an asshole. Okay, <laughs> dick move, hardcore dick move. I bet if he listened to this, he'd feel really bad. But, oh, um, we still love you. But I do love it on like some sushi. Yeah, you know, just a little table of that. I feel like such a fraud because I hate seafood. <gasps> I cannot do seafood, and everyone that I, I'm like friends with like if we ever got to sushi or whatever I always go to like sushi restaurants and get like the chicken teriyaki like I'm that girl yeah but like it's fine. just like a texture thing like all okay. signs point to I should like sushi yeah but I just can't get past it and I can't get past fish but that's okay yeah yeah you but know. I want to be a sushi girl so bad you get the vegetarian ones I've tried it oh. I truly think I, it's just like a texture thing I don't know why yeah but I love rice and I love all of the components. Like, I feel like I should love it, but I just don't. So you just use your chopsticks and, you know, with your little teriyaki chicken, <laughs> you're still posh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was so great. Um, for anyone that wants to find you, find your work, where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is just at Steph Kirk and my website is just stephkirk.com. And that's like the main main ways to reach me, I guess. So yeah. Beautiful. You guys want to follow her, I promise. Aww. You're truly one of my favorite accounts to follow because I could go on for hours. I oh, just need dude. to stop like waxing poetic because <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. But well, anyway, thank you. thank you so much and we'll talk soon. There you have it, guys. I told you Steph is incredible. I love her. And you guys need to go check her out. Um, go follow her on Instagram. She's Steph Kirk, like she said. I promise you that's going to be the best follow you ever make. (laughs) Like truly she is like that type of talent is just so rare. So rare. Um, But per usual, I'm going to ask you guys to rate review and subscribe to this podcast. Um, Like I said earlier, I like to have this to be a community and I like to hear what you guys want to hear and what you're liking, what you maybe don't want to hear about. Um, this is really a place for all of us. This is a space that I've created for, you know, entrepreneurs or anyone that's having, like trying to go for big things. Like this is the space I want for you because I feel like there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many Instagrams. There's so many, whatever coaches, whatever. And none of them seem to speak to me very well. Um, a lot of it's like super male dominated or it's like the total opposite spectrum where it's like, super light, bubbly, la Like, and some, sometimes I love that. There are a few that I'm like, girl, you get it. But like, those are very far and few in between. So that's why I've created this podcast. That's why I keep this thing going because I feel like we need to have these conversations with real people and people that are like us and talk like us and, I just, I haven't found a space like that. And that's why this 
is here. The social sauce is for all of us to feel understood and have a place to, you know, I don't know, bounce ideas off of. So I would love to hear your guys' feedback, what you're wanting to hear more of, um, maybe what you're wanting to hear less of. Shoot me a DM. I guess shoot Sauce a DM because, like I said earlier, I'm terrible at my personal brand right now. (laughs) Um, But shoot us a DM or leave a review or share this with a friend, whatever it is. Share it on your stories. Tell us what you love about it. And, yeah, I just can't thank you guys enough for even listening and supporting us. So I hope you guys have an amazing 4th of July weekend and we'll talk again next week.